One thing you may not know about me is that I can be somewhat stubborn. Shocker. Um, what do I mean? So, as you all know, most of you all know, this past week, past couple weeks, I've been where I was wearing a walking boot to heal this injury that I had to my ankle. Um, and my doctor told me as much as I should, can to stay off of it. And so this week, I decided to ask some of our local priests to help to celebrate Mass. They came in and they celebrated our daily Mass during the week so that, you know, I could take some time to rest. Celebrating Mass requires a lot of walking, as you see, walking down the aisle wall, all this stuff. And so I thought it might be best for me to take that burden off of my ankle. However, as I said, I'm quite stubborn. And so while I was resting, not celebrating Mass, and I knew I was supposed to be propping it up, not walking around as much, you know, I, like many of you probably experience, can't stay still. And I found myself rearranging furniture. If you also may not know about me, I like to rearrange my room often. I find a new way that I like to set it up, and so I'm like, ooh, let me do that, let me do this, let me do that. And I found myself doing that. Even though my doctor told me very clearly, hey, you should probably stay off of it as much as you can. But I didn't listen. And what happens when you have an injured ankle and you decide to walk on it more than you should? Usually what happens is it starts to get angry with you, for lack of a better word. And so it would start to hurt a little bit and I'd have to get off of it because otherwise it might injure more. Now it's fine and thank you for your prayers, but it just goes to show that sometimes I can be quite stubborn and think, oh, well, I know better. I can do this. I can do that. You know, none of us other than me are like that, right? I'm sure I'm the only one in this room that is like that. No, I would venture to guess that most of us, if not all of us, to some degree have a little bit of that kind of antiness, stubbornness, where we're like, well, I know better. I, can, I know what I can do. It'll be fine. You know, in that example, it may not be so bad. The worst that can happen is, I injure it more, I have to be strung up for a longer period of time. But what happens when we take that attitude of stubbornness or of thinking, well, I know better, I know what I can do, and take it a step further? Think about our first parents, Adam and Eve. What was their sin? It was that they thought, well, we know better. You know, the serpent telling them, you won't die, you'll become like God. And like, well, we want that, that should be a good thing. So we're going to take this apple for ourselves. We know better. There's a word for that. It's called pride. Whether in a smaller or in a larger way, it's the sin of pride that sometimes we feel that stubbornness, like, well, I know what I can do. I know better. And what's worse is when we think that way in relation to God. However, I would offer to you that sometimes pride is not as clear as we think it is. You know, we think pride like, I think I'm better than you. I think I'm better than you, God. 
But pride is a little bit more subtle, oftentimes. Today, we continue to hear from the prophet Isaiah, we continue to hear different passages in Israel, the people of Israel's history. Today, Isaiah is going to speak to Ahaz, who is a king. He's one of the kings of Judah. He's a descendant of David. In fact, in the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew's Gospel, which, if you came to Daily Mass yesterday, we read yesterday. In the genealogy, he's one of those listed as one of those ancestors of St. Joseph, the, the father of Jesus. And so Ahaz is here being approached by Isaiah. And if you don't know Ahaz, for lack of a nicer word, he is a pretty bad guy. He is a bad king, he sinned often, and he led the people into sin often. And Isaiah goes to him, and it doesn't just say that Isaiah went, he said the Lord spoke to Ahaz through Isaiah. And we see this little exchange, we hear it, and we might think from first glance, taking what Ahaz has to say in isolation, that what he's saying is actually pretty good. What he's saying is actually pretty pious. He says, I will not tempt the Lord. Isn't that something we all don't want to do? But what's the difference? Why is it a problem that he says this? It's because the Lord himself asked him to do this. He says, I will not ask. I will not tempt the Lord. Meanwhile, the Lord himself, speaking through Isaiah, said, ask for a sign. But Ahaz is like, oh no, Lord. I'm not good enough for that. I won't ask for you to give me a sign. That would be tempting you. And I don't want to do that. You can hear in the scriptures Isaiah, like you can almost literally hear Isaiah smacking himself in the face because of how foolish Ahaz being. That face palm sound, you know? You fool. How can you, are you not content with just wearying men? Must you also weary my God? That is what Isaiah says. God is asking you plainly, ask for a sign, and yet you won't do it. Why? Because you think, oh, well, I'm... I'm not worthy. That's not something I should do. This holier-than-thou attitude. This thing that seems pious on the surface, but is actually bordering upon blasphemy. Because God is asking him specifically, do this, and he says no. This is the subtle way that pride and work its way into our hearts. Not that we think we are better, but that we think we are worse. That we think so lowly of ourselves that we refuse to do what God asks of us. Because we say, well, I'm not worthy to do that. I can't do that, Lord. I can't do that, Lord. I'm not good enough. 
And so we refuse to do what God himself asks us to do. The subtle way that pride works its way in. And this wasn't just Ahaz's problem, it was all the people. Remember, Ahaz not only led himself to sin, he led his people to sin. Many times in the history of the kingdom of Israel and Judah, as the king was, as the king acted, so did the people. You can see a lot in the history of the people of Israel, in the history of their kings. And just as he refused to listen to the Lord, the people refused to listen to the Lord. The pride, not in the overt ways, but in the very subtle ways that they showed, is a lesson to us. Just as we've been learning from them about patience, learning from them about being united, learning from them about being joyful, we also learn what not to do how not to act, how not to answer the Lord. And by comparison, today we see also an example of real humility in the person of St. Joseph. There's a lot of speculation around some of the aspects of this gospel. It's things that are clear in one sense, but not in another, in this one instance, maybe it proposes this idea. One instance, it proposes that. You know, oftentimes we, when we hear about the story of St. Joseph and the Annunciation to him in the dream, we think, well, he was going to divorce Mary because he thought she had been unfaithful, but she didn't, he didn't want to, you know, publicly expose her. And there's a lot that supports that. There's another thought, another speculation, and again, it is just speculation, but it is something that may help us to ponder, that Joseph actually did, to some degree, understand what was happening. Not fully, but to a certain degree. Listen again to the way the Scriptures are proclaimed. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. It adds that in for our benefit, but perhaps because, and this again, speculation, but important perhaps to ponder, perhaps because Joseph actually knew that that was the case. And Joseph, being a just man, as we know, a man of holiness, a man who knew the Lord, perhaps he looked at this situation and said, I can't do this. I can't be a part of this. I'm not worthy. And so I'm going to step out of this situation. That was his intention. Think about that. Just the idea that maybe he understood and he said, I can't be a part of this because I'm not worthy. How many times do we feel the same? I can't do this because I'm not worthy. And then the Lord responds. 
He sends his angel to him in a dream, and the angel says, Do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus. You, Joseph, are to name him Jesus. Saying, You have been chosen, Joseph. Do not think that you are not worthy. You have been chosen for this. God speaking directly against that temptation in Joseph's heart to flee because he's not worthy or he's not good enough. Says, I have chosen you. And how does Joseph respond? Not like Ahaz. No, he responds with the affirmative. He says yes to what the Lord is doing. And he goes and takes Mary into his home. Humility is not just, well, I have to beat myself down. Humility is recognizing who we are. Yes, we are sinners. Yes, we are broken. But also recognizing who God is. He is the Lord. He is our Redeemer. He has saved us. He has sent His Son for us. And He has chosen us. It's recognizing who the Lord is and that He has chosen us. So I should do what He asks of me. Humility means recognizing who I am, who God is, and doing His will. Even if I don't understand what His will is, even if I don't, it doesn't make sense, even if I don't think I am worthy enough for that, it doesn't matter because God has chosen you. Don't be like Ahaz who thinks he's so pious because he says, oh, well, I'm not going to do this, Lord, because I'm just a mere human. When the Lord is directly asking him to do something. To be humble means to recognize the truth of who we are and who God is, and to say yes when He calls upon us. That is humility. If we want to fight pride, don't just beat yourself up, but say yes to whatever the Lord asks of you. Because He is someone who is trustworthy. As we've been waiting these weeks for the Nativity, it reminds us that He came through for us, and He will always come through for us. He sent His Son. He did redeem us. And so He is trustworthy. And so if we are to be a people who are humble, we need to be a people who are obedient. Who are listening to what the Lord is asking of us. And doing only what He asks of us. That is the key to being humble to fighting against pride. And may we pray through St. Joseph's intercession that we would embrace that humility.